You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hi, quick note from producer Connor before we start the episode. My mic had some sort of issue. Um, we didn't realize during the recording, so it's going to sound very staticky and very um, not good uh, is the best way of putting it. So apologies for that, but this is a really good episode. We still wanted to put it out. Uh, so excuse the audio. I'm sorry. I tried my best, but yeah. Roll the intro, I guess. You're listening to the MLS Multiplex podcast with contributors from MLSMultiplex.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the MLS Multiplex Podcast. As usual, it is Drew here with Josh and Connor, but not like usual. We will be joined in a couple of minutes by special guests and our good San Jose Earthquakes friend, Ivan Ornelas, to talk San Jose Earthquakes news, Chris Wondolowski, and all that type of stuff. So be sure to stay tuned to listen to Ivan talk about his beloved Earthquakes who did not have the best season but a lot going on with his club toward the end of the season, a lot going on with a lot of clubs toward the end of the season. As decision day has come and gone, the playoffs are officially here. We will talk about our terrible playoff predictions momentarily, how some teams completely did so much worse than we thought, how teams did a lot better than we thought, and everything in the middle. So we have a super exciting episode, a ton of MLS news, a ton of playoff shenanigans to get into and a ton of really bad old takes to get into so this is going to be a regular episode a regular episode we're talking soccer and about how we suck at talking about soccer that's how it goes but before we get into that it was a busy week decision day everything's going on josh how was your week did you have any band stuff going on or how's the past seven days been treating you in what did you think about eternals yeah, not a fan, not a huge fan of Eternals. Uh, that was the big thing like a week ago. Uh, 
like literally a week ago from this very moment of us recording, I was sitting in a movie theater seat, you know, super excited, watching trailers, thinking, ah, new Marvel movie. And then I finished the movie and I was like, that was something. Two and a half hours of of movie. Yeah, it was okay. It was a it was a really pretty movie. Like the cinematography was really well done, and they did a lot of on location uh, shoots, which is not a normal thing for Marvel by any means. They do so much green screen CGI stuff, so that was that was refreshing. And there are lots of celebrities and stars in the movie, and so that part was cool. But yeah, it could have been it could have been a lot better. But that's okay. That's okay. I, I don't think Marvel can get every movie right. But other than that, yeah, a lot of band stuff this week. We uh, so we, we've been doing marching band all fall, but now we're transitioning into the indoor drumline season. And I won't get into all that because it's a whole lot of explaining and stuff. But we've been doing auditions at the school I teach at, and that's been really exciting because last year our group was 18 students. That's how big it was. This year, just at auditions alone, we've had 50 students. So we're about to like more than double in size, which is really exciting uh, because last year went really well. Um, so I think this year will go even better. We've got a lot of a lot of really good kids that came to auditions, so I'm I'm very much looking forward to that. And uh, I think that's pretty much it. I think that's the majority of of how my week has gone in terms of Atlanta sports. Since I feel like we always talk about it at the beginning, uh, Braves are still the World Series champions. That did not change. So let's go. Uh, the Falcons are they at 500 now? Yes, they beat those stupid clowns from New Orleans. Last second field goal. Youngway Koo for the win. Yeah, that dude is awesome. So somehow the Falcons are doing things. In a playoff spot. Yes, that is crazy. Shout out to the NFL for expanding the playoffs. I cannot believe it. This is like full MLS, like allowing a mediocre team or two into the playoffs kind of deal. Uh, And then the Hawks, though, they suck. So that kind of sucks. But... They're like they're like facing the like hardest stretch of the season, but they have no chemistry and also Nate McMillan is running a horrible offense. So yeah, I don't I don't know. I was so excited for the Hawks this year and I'm starting to lose lose a lot of my momentum. But other than that, yeah, good week. I am extremely excited for this weekend. Um got a friend visiting in town that I haven't seen in a little bit, so very very looking forward to that. So be good times this weekend how about you connor how was your weekend and week yes it was more than just a weekend um it's been very busy you know school and stuff thankfully practicum my portion of it was very early based because i'm researcher slash interviewer slash sound mixer so for now i'm on break once the edit is done i will have to go in and sound mix everything which will be fun um, but yeah, we're just still grinding that out. We're in the edit phase right now. So hopefully we're getting through everything well. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know what else happened. Uh, Leafs won some games, TFC lost again, which is, you know, par for the course at this point. Uh, the Raptors just beat the 76ers after being down by like 10 or 15. So Again, good signs, good signs. Pascal Siakam return, which is big. Uh, that made me happy. So it was good to have him back, even though he hasn't been playing well. But, you know, he's been out for months with af- English after having shoulder surgery. So, yeah, that's a thing. But 
we're getting through it. I think I have four weeks left in the semester, three or four weeks left, um, which, Drew, you're three or four weeks from graduating, potentially, as long as you don't have any potentially. exams. Potentially. That's well, I don't know if you have any exams. You might. It might be five or six weeks. I graduate December 17th. Classes and so six weeks, six ish, five ish, something like that. A month and six days, but I don't have. I don't think I have a ton of exams. The stuff's starting to wind down now, which is wonderful. But the thing is, football season is not winding down. So as one <laughs> kind of falls, the other one rises. As Josh can probably speak to, Georgia football is getting ready for a postseason run, which is super cool that it's going on. But that's also a lot of work. But it's cool. When you graduate, will you continue with the paper you're at? That, I think so. Uh, so depending on little college football lessons. So I will graduate December 17th. SEC Championship in lovely Mercedes-Benz Stadium is December 4th. And then the playoff semifinal will be New Year's Eve. So I plan on spending New Year's Eve in either Arlington, Texas, or Miami, Florida, watching Georgia play football. And then one of those is much better than the other. I I have takes on that that is not for this podcast, but I have takes on which one I would prefer. But they don't <laughs> listen to me, so it's fine. And then the Natty is January tenth. I want to think something like that. But I will still be there after graduation to answer your question in very long form. Yes. So you're not quite done. No, I'll be done with school you- in about a month. I'll be done with the paper, hopefully in about two months after going to a national championship. What do you plan on doing after? I don't know. <laughs> that is the question, isn't it? So if anyone listening to this has like a cool job opening that you want to give a senior journalism student, that'd be kind of funny. Just kidding. There you go. Unless. <laughs> unless we do have a site head position opening. So, you know, maybe there's a potential solution for either of you because you both are very experienced writers um which i'm just going to put that into the world now try to convince both of them to apply let me just read off my resume right now to all of our 10 listeners there you go hey it's more than 10 last episode i think got around 20 let's go uh so you know we were getting for the fans but then i think uh our old site head left and i don't think the podcast gets put on the web- website anymore very much, um, which hurts views because a lot of our listeners came from that. But, you know, that's a complete other thing. Uh, so, yeah, I guess we're just grinding out the end of the semester. Well, depending on what happens, we might have to take a week or two off, depending on Drew's schedule, my schedule, involving schoolwork. Um, because my week 12, which is the last week of November beginning of December is not fun. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's going to be a lot for sure. So, you know, that's, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. One man but show it is. Without further ado. One man what? show it is. Josh's back's hurting from carrying yes. the team. <laughs> Josh is going to bring a friend on. That's what's going to happen. And he's going to edit him. Edit nope. It nope. Go Rapids, am nope. I right? <laughs> I, no. They don't know anything about soccer. Um, oh. <laughs> that person. Neither that do person. we. Uh, 
We need a Colorado Rapids expert. Hey, Come man, on. Drew's Drew's former you know Sydney. classmate. Yeah, she's out there doing the thing. The her homie. First, I, I'll get Sydney on the podcast. Her first, you know. Okay, we're getting her on the podcast <laughs> when the season first over. real job, and she gets to celebrate how you know the club won the Western Conference. Literally, her first game in Colorado, they win the Western Conference. And that was the they the shellacking against LAFC, right? Yeah, five what five two? Yeah, it was, it was gross. Like LAFC were LAFC looked like they wanted to go home. <laughs> they looked like they were like, I'm ready for my vacation now. Okay, we're definitely getting this person on the podcast because that'll be so much fun. Um, All right, I guess I guess it's me and Sydney. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I would listen to that podcast. <laughs> I hope Sydney listens to this. I doubt she does. I hope <laughs> no, she there's no chance. Nobody we know listens to this. Hey, Maybe hey, family. Yeah, don't, Maybe don't disrespect my dad like that. <laughs> Shout out, Mr. Bolin. Uh, let's dive into Ivan because Ivan's about to join us. Uh, so Ivan Ornelas also writes for MLS And joining us to talk about guy. the so wonderful talk world the of the San Jose Wando Earthquakes. We have our favorite one of 20 San Jose Earthquake fans. Ivan from the website is here to join us. Ivan, thanks a ton for hopping on. How are things in California for you? How are things going with you so far? Things have been going pretty well for me here in California. Over the summer, I moved from Livermore to San Diego. Oh, actually, it was the other way around. I moved from San Diego to Livermore. It's been a long day for me, but yeah, and likewise, it's been a long season for the San Jose Earthquakes, but it ended on a bit of a heartwarming note despite no playoffs. But yeah, I'm just happy to talk about it with you all. Some important news regarding the San Jose Earthquakes, as well as a few other chapters closing in MLS. Yep, yep, and we will talk all about that. So I guess we should start off with the change in leadership. San Jose Earthquakes announcing a new GM, uh, Chris Leach. I personally know nothing about this I guy. Know. I don't know, Josh, Josh no. or Connor, do you guys have any why, takes? Why would we know anything about this guy? <laughs> we brought Ivan on just to hear you guys talk exactly. about the San Jose Earthquakes. That's the whole plot. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So, Chris Leach. Yeah, what what do we need to know about this guy? What do fans need to know about Chris coming to San Jose? So you may possibly, if you're uh, if you followed the MLS throughout the 2000s and early 2010s, he played for the Metro Stars, Columbus Crew, where he was part of that uh, 2002 U.S. Open Cup winning team, uh, New York Red Bulls, and then he spent his last three seasons with San Jose Earthquakes. He man. He was a caretaker uh, manager, or no, he wasn't a caretaker manager. He replaced Dominic Kinnear in 2017 as the head coach of the San Jose Earthquakes, but he was replaced by Michael Starre uh, at the end of the season, and from there he resumed his role as a technical director. And then recently, this past week, he was announced to become the new general manager of the San Jose Earthquakes following the departure of Jesse Fiorinelli in the summer. How big of an addition do you think this is going to be to San Jose's future and maintaining the relationship with Matias Almeida, which was, to put it mildly, not in the best spot uh, up until this hiring? Yeah, so Matias Almeida, the big uh, thing to know about his situation with San Jose is he's going to be inevitably linked with a lot of national team and club team positions throughout uh, Latin America. 
uh, this offseason. He is entering into his final year of his contract for the 2022 MLS season. So he is... He's told the media that he wants to still be with the San Jose Earthquakes, and he is considering extending his contract should things, you know, continue to go well. He he enjoys living in San Jose, where if he goes to the grocery store, he's not going to be recognized off the street, where which wasn't always the case when he was managing Chivas or some of his other previous stops. However, uh. His frustrations, uh, if he hasn't vocalized them, he, he wears it, all his emotions on his sleeve. You can tell when that man is just frustrated at the walls crumbling around him, which San Jose Earthquakes tends to do on occasion. That's just part of being a San Jose Earthquakes fan. Uh, we've seen that happen several times. But I think with uh, Chris Leach, uh, he is someone who... Like uh, another person we're going to talk to uh, associated with San Jose Earthquakes, he's very familiar with everything that uh, San Jose Earthquakes has done operations-wise, and he is very invested in the club, and he wants this club to succeed. And part of that means you're not going to get a bigger name than Mateus Almeida at San Jose Earthquakes. The fact that he even decided to be a manager for San Jose Earthquakes in the first place a very successful uh, manager for Chivas in the Mexican and the continental level is still a great achievement, but it's a very tenuous relationship, and I think this could be a step in the right direction, but time will tell, and it depends on, starts with Chofis. If they can re-sign Chofis, if they can agree on a price to make that loan into a permanent transfer, a uh, similar situation with Espinoza, who was originally loaned from Villarreal before he became a permanent transfer then that would be a step in the right direction. And that wasn't the only huge news that sort of happened in the last week. Uh, after the match uh, on decision day, Chris Wondolowski announced his retirement after infinite years in MLS. And he probably could have played infinite more based on the fact that he was still scoring goals. Uh, but he decided to hang him up, uh, did it with a speech, interestingly, after the game to fans. So as a... Earthquake fans specifically, how much of an impact has Wondolowski had on the Earthquakes franchise, and how much of a loss is this going to be for the Earthquakes going forward? So, Chris Wondolowski and I, other than Chris Wondolowski being a lot better at soccer, obviously, we have a lot in common. We graduated from the same high school. Uh, His hometown is only 20 minutes down uh, Interstate 680 from my hometown, and that his you know connection to San Jose Earthquakes, connection to the Bay Area, is a big reason why I became a San Jose Earthquakes fan in the first place. He's just an amazing person off and on and off the field. He connects with the fans. Uh, he stayed uh, hours after the game to take selfies, sign autographs. He really cares about this community, and he is Mr. San Jose Earthquakes. Uh, with all due respect to players such as. Landon Donovan, uh, Jimmy Conrad, Dwayne Rosario, these players that were a part of the 2001 and 2003 MLS Cup winning teams, Chris Wondolowski's longevity, his productivity, and his lethalness in front of goal, uh, it's made him a San Jose Earthquakes icon. A statue deserves to be built uh, as soon as possible outside PayPal Park. And he is etched in MLS history as well. So... He, he means a lot to the fans. He means a lot to the club. And 
he means a lot to the league as well, and it's going to be a loss that's felt across all those levels. He isn't leaving yet. Uh, it should be noted. He is still the uh, special assistant, I think, to the general manager, which is an interesting title, to say the least. But how big of an impact do you think yes, he's going to have special on? assistant, I think, the key word. Yeah, uh, but how much of an impact do you think still having him around is going to have on the impacts, not impacts, wrong team, the earthquakes, uh, players and staff? Do you think that's going to be a huge addition for them? I believe the question you meant to ask is how much club to foot is he going to have on the San Jose Earthquakes? <laughs> but we don't acknowledge them like that. They're the foot. <laughs> Just the foot. Well, uh, I think the first thing Chris Wolowski is going to have to do, as he admitted at the press conference, is going to have to step foot in uh, the next uh, nearest shopping mall to get some more formal wear <laughs> as he attended the press conference and a plaid button up. But I think that he embodies San Jose Earthquakes. I think he is going to take this position pretty seriously. He's going to do whatever he can to help uh, Chris Leach be a successful GM for the San Jose Earthquakes. And if anyone can help move San Jose Earthquakes to this uh, stagnation that they've been in ever since the t- 2012 when they won the Supporters' Shield, that it's going to be Chris Wondolowski because while he'll tell you, and I truly believe he feels that, he has no regrets, whether it be not going abroad to play club soccer, um, whatever happened in his international career, uh, not having more playoff games or success at the club level with San Jose Earthquakes. He cherishes every part of his playing career, and I truly believe it when he says that. Um, but if he is going to He's going to do everything in his power to give San Jose Earthquakes the best possible chance to be a Western Conference regular, which would be the starting point for a club like San Jose Earthquakes, who hasn't made uh, playoffs two seasons in a row for over 15 years, it feels like. I believe that's correct, but the last time I checked, I believe that's that was the case. You are the expert in this situation, so we'll go with what you say. Uh-huh. We don't want to keep you for too long because you do have other things you need to do. But, Josh, you haven't talked yet. Uh, do you have any questions you want to ask, Ivan? Yeah, so back to Chris Leach for a minute and his announcement as GM. It, I, like you said, he's been with the organization for a few years now, <clears throat> really a while now. How do you feel about the timeline of the firing of the previous GM, if you're in Ellie, and then them deciding to look for someone, but then for lack of a better term, settling on leech, someone who's already been in the organization as a fan. How do you feel about that sort of timeline and the, the appearance of them sticking with someone from within the club, but still spending many months on the search? Yeah. So ideally uh, a well-run organization, which sounds earthquakes, uh, don't have the best reputation on that front, uh, but they are trying. Uh, they would have had their new GM uh, ready to go when they decided to let go of Jesse Fiorinelli. And those are valid questions. Why did it take so long to settle on someone who ideally they could have fo- given a phone call and they could have addressed issues within a matter of days, if not maybe a week or two at most? I think it is the safe choice. That's the general sentiment among San Jose Earthquakes fans, that you're not 
necessarily reaching too far out of your comfort zone with this decision, which is understandable. You want the GM to know uh, the ins and outs of the club, but you also want someone with proven success uh, at Major League Soccer level, if possible, someone who has been associated with perhaps a more successful MLS club, just as... Uh, when you look at another Bay Area team, for example, when the San Francisco Giants appointed Farhan Zaidi, uh, he's been associated with not necessarily San Francisco Giants prior to that appointment, but he had work done in other West Coast baseball teams. And, you know, look what happened there. San Francisco Giants had an incredible regular season, and, you know, they weren't as successful in the playoffs, but they... You know, change the completely outlook of that club within a season and I'm not sure if that level of transformation is going to happen with the San Jose Earthquakes it, they have to prove it in my opinion before I can start to predict instant success like that but uh, the big test will be like what the first few moves are going to be whether it's going to be feeling like a new era for San Jose Earthquakes which inevitably will in the sense that there's no one Alaski for the first time in 17 seasons or will it'll be more the same will they continue to penny pinch or spend on the wrong players players like Andy Rios who one of the most well-paid players on the San Jose Earthquakes but whose uh, lack of production has been very frustrating all right. Well, Ivan, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate you taking the time uh, out of your busy schedule. Uh, good luck with everything else. Everybody keep an eye out on MLS Multiplex for Ivan's article that's going to come out uh, in the next couple days. Yes, that's what I'm aiming for. It's all written out. I'm just cleaning up a few things. It'll be titled Chris Wondolowski, Remembering the Bay Area Spider-Man. You can check that out on MLS Multiplex. If you're like me, if you enjoy combining sports with superheroes and other nerdy things, this will be a perfect article for you, as well as uh, my personal uh, written send-off for Chris Wondolowski ending his playing career, but I'm glad he's still part of the club. And you can also tune in uh, to the Tectonic Takes podcast. Uh, you can Our Twitter account is at Tectonic Takes for more San Jose Earthquakes content as well. And follow me on Twitter at Ivan Ornelas too. And from there, I'll let you three take it away. And I look forward to listening to what you have to say about the rest of MLS's uh, recent news later. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Ivan. And Chris Wondolowski was not the only retiree in MLS this past week. A few other uh, players announced their retirement. Actually, one of these, uh, actually two of these, Federico Higuain and Justin Morrow announced their retirement in the last few weeks. It wasn't quite done this week, but they've played their last games, last club games, I should say. Maybe they'll terrorize some people and pick up over the kind next of. few years. We're going to put an asterisk on Justin Morrow. Right, he's got Canadian they championship. They need him in the Canadian championship. So he's done. These guys are done in MLS at least. Uh, but yes. that's Federico Higuain. Great career with Columbus Crew. Uh, finished out in Inter Miami with uh, younger brother Gonzalo, and then Justin Morrow. Did he spend his whole career with Toronto, or just most of it? No, he was with San Jose too. Speaking Long time ago. Was he a Goonie? Do you know if he was a Goonie with uh, with those with those earthquakes? You might not know enough about San Jose to. He joined in twenty. 20- he joined the same year as Bradley, which I think was 2014. 2014 or 2015. There's a good chance that Justin Morrow was a, was a Goonie then, so that's 
that's cool. Uh, but the other big announcement this week was Matt Beasler, who uh, played this past year with Austin FC. But before that, he spent over a decade with Sporting Kansas City. It was an extremely crucial part of that team. It was him and Graham Zusi and a few other guys that I think they were all drafted together or around the same time. So they were a part of that really strong Sporting Kansas City core that won MLS Cup, won U.S. Open Cup, you know, one of the best teams in the West for a long time. And Matt Beasler was a very, very big part of that. So lots of retirements from MLS this past week. Moving on to some other MLS news, which I think we'll discuss a little bit more. But finally, after what feels like forever, there is now potentially an ownership group attempting to buy Real Salt Lake, led by David Blitzer, who also owns the Philadelphia 76ers. not led by. He's not the lead investor. He's, he's not. just one of them. Well, no. David Blitzer is part of this group. That guy owns lots of teams. He owns the Philadelphia 76ers, New Jersey Devils, Crystal Palace, FC Augsburg, Waslin Beveren in Belgium, and Otto Den Haag. Did I say that right? Good As question. a pronunciation expert on the know. podcast, uh, I think you got it right on the head. Good work, Josh. <laughs> thank, thank you for your blessing, Drew. Uh, that's a that's a Dutch team. That's in Netherlands, by the way. If you couldn't tell by my accent, um, and these are all through his uh, company, Bolt Football Holdings. So, the Athletic is reporting that a deal is close. Not a done deal yet, obviously. Uh, as Connor mentioned, not a lead investor either. Uh, Sportico also reporting that the two sides have agreed to the key terms, and uh, it seems unclear at this time about bringing an N- an NWSL team back to Utah. But it looks like there's an option for that, should the ownership group that does get RSL want to do so. I do want to quickly say, uh, and credit to the Athletic for doing this, Sportico actually had this first. Uh, they sort of jumped off that report, so I think. You got to give credit to Sportico for that. Um, the Athletic is where I got most of the information because I didn't read the Sportico article. I only read the Athletic article. Um, but yeah, it seems like it's in a very good spot and it's about time. You know, MLS has been sort of running the team since January after uh, Deloy Hansen's, uh, I guess, abuse. Uh, under, I don't know how to word this. I guess after people found out about his abuse and racism, um, MLS is sort of taking control of it, and now we have David Blitzer potentially in the works. One of the things about Blitzer, uh, in terms of him as an owner, is he's actually very hands-off. Uh, he sort of lets the sporting people run the sporting side of things. He does that with the Devils, the Sixers, uh, I guess all of his other teams as well. So, you know, I think... Having that ownership is probably a good thing. You know, he's very wealthy. Uh, obviously, he owns like 15 sports teams. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how he tie, ties in, if he ties in at all, his other soccer holdings in Augsburg, Palace, Waslin uh, Beveren, and Den Haag. Um, because that could potentially be a very interesting almost route to Europe for players in sporting Kansas City. Uh, potentially route to the Premier League with Crystal Palace. So we'll see how this develops and we'll see what it turns into. But finally having a name and a face to a potential ownership 
bid for RSL is a very positive sign. Drew, you, you haven't talked about this yet. What do you think about David Blitzer? Yeah, it's pretty exciting stuff. Like you said, this guy knows how to manage sport teams at the highest level all over the place. So I think that can mean only good things given the craziness RSL has been through. And really exciting for the potential return of the Utah Royals and NWSL um, when they were in the league. They were one of the most supported teams in the league as far as attendance goes. But when all that happened with RSL's ownership group, they moved to Kansas City, which to their credit, Kansas City's NWSL team, which they just got renamed. I think it's a Kansas City current if I'm not mistaken, something like that. Um, they're tearing it up. So the league is moving in really good places, live expansion teams, things like that. So for the return of the Utah Royals would be awesome. Also because I have a Utah Royals jersey and I kind of want to be able to wear it again. But that's beside the point. So it's really exciting stuff. Um, yeah, obviously RSL. We'll talk more about them and their phenomenal, really fun season soon. But really exciting for MLS and NWSL. MLS finally kind of gets this team off its hands. I'm not sure how the whole thing works with the league owning the team, but I'm sure Major League Soccer is going to be very happy to have an owner for the club. And NWSL is probably nothing but excited to potentially have a team return back to one of its biggest and best markets. You are right. It is Kansas City current. Uh, so well done on that front. Kansas City current and the San Diego wave. Very unique names. Why are they called the current? Isn't that a water thing? Yes, it is. Kansas City doesn't have water. water. It has to do with a river or something. No. No. What? I don't know. I didn't read about it. Current is like what pulls you out into the ocean. Yeah, like a river has a current. I guess it does. Yeah, well, I'm, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Right. I, wasn't, I wasn't off base by comparing it to a yes, river. Yes, I, I was very confused for a second what you were trying to say. Okay, you, <laughs> you cross your arms and act all tough. Yeah, okay. We'll see how tough you are when Lorenzo Insigne joins Toronto FC, as is being rumored. Uh, strong rumors. Very strong rumors, right? There are a lot of rumors. Uh, I believe it was Tom Bulbert actually confirmed TFC's interest today uh, in a tweet. So, you know, there's some solid reporting there. Uh, again, I don't think it's quite at the stage where... You know, there are bids being flipped back and forth, but Insigne is an upcoming free agent. Uh, his contract expires in the summer. But the issue is he's Italian. He's likely going to play for the Italian national team. And Italy don't like MLS players, as was evident when they could have very used a Sebastian Giovinco um, and then didn't call him up because MLS is bad. Uh, so we'll have to see whether or not Insigne is good enough to get around that rule uh, or whether Italy's manager will actually not be a stubborn um, swear word. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, in they, it's an insane rumor because that's one of the best attackers on the planet. Like pairing him with Sebastian Giovinco, that'd be a lot of fun. Why are you looking at me confused? What is that a thing? Is Giovinco coming back to the uh, coming back to the team, or it's pretty much been confirmed at this point based on reports? Um, I did not. They've see tried that. to shut it down, but okay, 
Maybe yeah. that's why. Maybe they've done a good job of keeping it off of my Twitter timeline because I haven't seen any like concrete yeah. things. <laughs> Other than the rumors that they've, have been sprinkled in like throughout the last like four months or whatever it is. Yeah, there's been a lot of those. Uh, they've tried to use, I think, Steve Buffery to sort of shut down those rumors, but um, there have been a lot of reports from other outlets <clears throat> saying it's happening. How tall is Jovinko again? Five, four, I think. That's awesome. Or awesome. That's awesome because Insigne is also five, yeah. four. I also don't know if he's five, four because, you know, they tend to exaggerate heights in sports well uh, according so, to the all-knowing wikipedia they are both five four there you go so we can trust wikipedia um the incredibly t- trustworthy source you should use for all of your academic papers always jefferson zateldo is five three as well who jefferson zateldo is five three yeah, he's leaving now he's he's going back to brazil based on other reports uh we'll see what happens with that front because yeah, Toronto FC are just surrounded in rumors <laughs> and Bob Bradley's coming, but no, they haven't even talked to him yet. Uh, you know, all that fun stuff. Well, we should have a better idea, hopefully, after they played the Canadian Championship game, which is not this Sunday, I think next Sunday at 1 o'clock. Um, so, you know, getting that out of the way is a good thing and it allowed them to focus completely on the offseason and who does what this year. Uh, quickly, we'll mention this. We don't want to dive into it, but players who are eligible to become free agents, that list was released. It's very confusing. We're not going to go into detail. The only notable thing is Breck Shea is soon to be a free agent. So hopefully he joins Toronto FC or Atlanta United. Uh, DP deal incoming. Sorry? DP deal incoming for him. Yeah, DP deal. Uh, in TFC, they could use a left back after Justin Morrow's retirement. So, you know, Breck... Come and join us. We'd love to have you. But we'll stop rambling on, stop talking random crap, and we'll dive into Decision Day and how our predictions at the beginning of the year for how the standings would play out actually ended up. But that will be right after this quick ad break. And we are back to talk some Decision Day nonsense and some more of our own nonsense as far as playoff predictions go going back way back to god when did the season start april april march april April. i think it was march wow i think it was march april march something like that it's been a long journey but we're finally at the end of it as connor looks that up decision day happened a lot of games going on before we get into it guys did you double screen it or how how, what was the what was the tv setup like april 16th Started April 16th. That's a day after tax day. <laughs> you adult, you. <laughs> Look at me, my 401ks and dental insurance, whatever. <laughs> what games did you guys watch, and did you have two screens going on during decision day? What was the TV setup like? So unfortunately for me, I was um, spending most of my Sunday taking care of auditions for one of the groups that I teach at. Um, so I didn't, I didn't actually get to see like any of the Eastern conference games. And then while the Western conference madness was happening, I was my, most of my attention was turned towards the NASCAR cup series championship. Cause I am a NASCAR fan. I don't know if I've ever said that on this podcast. Wow. 
Be a little more disappointed in me, guys. Look, both of you. Wow, it's, that is incredible. Dude, it's not like you host an MLS podcast or anything. I'm sorry. Look, man. Like, my, my where's favorite, your NASCAR podcast? My favorite driver was in the running for the championship. Who is it? Chase Elliott. Oh, uh, yeah. He's from he's Awesome Bill from Dawsonville. Yes. Awesome. The siren Room. He's the son of Awesome Bill from Dawsonville. Awesome, That's his yeah. dad. He's always in the Dawsonville Walmart. It's the weirdest thing. Like you he's see also him on there? the wall in the... I've heard stories. Oh, okay. He's also on the wall in the Dawsonville Applebee's. Of course. Which is probably my favorite thing about Dawsonville, Georgia. <laughs> he actually, you see, Josh, you don't know this. He actually lives in the back corner of the Walmart. Look, man, I know he lives in, here in Georgia, even though most of the drivers live in Charlotte. But not important. So I most most of my attention was on that. So I wasn't like split screening of the games, but I was following them. And then once the race was over, I watched the rest of um, the Minnesota la galaxy game because that was just crazy so many goals really back and forth so that's the game that i watched the most obviously you know we saw the end with uh, rsl and then galaxy minnesota failing to well really the galaxy failing to capitalize um so i did get to see some of that game i on the other hand was watching the toronto dc game obviously uh i also had the orlando montreal game on my phone uh, turned that on midway through. Missed the first goal, unfortunately. More on that later. Uh, but then I also watched Se- Seattle-Vancouver uh, that night. So three games, which isn't that bad, uh, but I followed along stuff on my phone. And uh, it's, this weekend was just another example of don't bet on MLS, kids. You'll always lose. Uh, so <laughs> that was my Sunday. Drew, how many games did you watch, or were you watching football, the other football? I watched, I did watch our beloved Atlanta Falcons beat those disgusting Aints from New Orleans. That was fun. And then I watched, I had Nashville Red Bulls on because I don't get to watch Atlanta United games. That's a different gripe for a different day. And then I turned on Seattle Vancouver. So I had, I, a lot of football games is defining what football, Uh, but I watched two MLS games, three NFL games between the one o'clock, the four o'clock, and then Sunday night football for fantasy team purposes. So two MLS games. For the purpose of this podcast, two MLS games. Nashville, Red Bull, Vancouver, Seattle. So the one who normally never watches any MLS games actually watched the most MLS games. Interesting. Uh, let's dive into some of the results, though, because everything exploded. Uh, <laughs> we expected everything to end sort of how it ended, and then none of that happened. The only expected result was Vancouver making the playoffs, really, and Atlanta obviously, because, you know, they played Cincinnati and, you know, Cincinnati suck. Uh, Let's start with RSL, because that story was nuts. Uh, They scored in like the last minute of the game sort of thing uh, to get into the playoffs to beat, was it Minnesota or LA? Sporting Kansas City, the best team in the West. Okay, okay. We're both wrong. <laughs> We're both wrong on that front. Let's just move on. Two of you are, yeah. One of us sitting with You said Nashville okay. wasn't going to make the playoffs. Look, look, We're Connor, all dumb. This is all fake. Predictions are dumb. Connor, you can't the take credit. The Reds are the best team in history. Just because you made that prediction like the week of the last week of the season. Yeah, I can. No, you can't. You can't. I'm taking, <laughs> I'm taking credit for that. You got I'm a little, taking you credit, got a little credit. But not the same kind of credit as like how wrong me and Drew are. It's like not the same level, you know? 
No, but I did get it right, and I'm going to say I got it right, and I'm going to hold it over you for the rest of your lives. So, you know, have fun with that. You are going to forget this a year from now. The knowledge that I'm better than both of you. (laughs) We'll talk about that Nashville (laughs) prediction soon. There will be more of an example of that later in the show in terms of how I'm better than both of them. But LA Galaxy, as I mistakenly said, played RSL, actually played Minnesota. Uh... They didn't score a goal to get in, so, you know, they failed, uh, surprisingly. 3-3 draw to Minnesota, don't get into the playoffs. LAFC then promptly got absolutely murdered by Colorado, losing 5-2. So therefore, LAFC and LA Galaxy didn't make the playoffs, so there were no LA teams that made the playoffs. I don't think there was a California team that made the playoffs either. And, although we knew this was going to happen, no Texas teams, because they really suck. Um, although, if you pay attention to our predictions, we didn't think they'd suck this bad. Uh, but, Minnesota made it in. Uh, I think I said Minnesota would make it in, potentially. I can't remember. Uh, East was just boring. It was the same order. Uh, Montreal fell off after losing to Orlando, which was... Kind of surprising, and I kind of thought Montreal got a little jobbed, but, you know, that's completely other conversation. Let's talk about the West first. What did you guys think about the chaos that was the Western Conference on Decision Day? What stood out to you as being the most notable thing that happened? I Personally, I'm just astonished that Minnesota ended up making the playoffs. I mean, they just had such a horrible start to the season, and no team had ever lost that many games or, you know, whatever the stat was. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but we've... We've discussed it many times on the show throughout the year. Um, so that, that to me is probably the biggest thing is just that they somehow managed to get in after really putting themselves behind the eight ball. Other than that, though, I mean, Colorado winning the West is the big story here because as much as, you know, Drew and I wanted it to be Sporting Kansas City and Seattle that were the best team, you know, we were wrong and wrong and wrong. And it was Colorado, I guess. Um, they really have flown under the radar. You know, part of it is they're not super relevant in Colorado. Um, they're not even in Denver. They're outside of the city. Um, and they don't have any, like, superstars on their team, right? They have good players, and, you know, we can all appreciate a player like Kellen Acosta or a young guy like Cole Bassett. Um, but they don't make the headlines. You know, they don't grab the headlines like all these other stars in the league do. So for them to to fly under the radar like that and just sneak up and, and take the West, I'm super impressed. And also, we got to remember that Colorado was just garbage two years ago. I mean, they were so bad, so bad. Their own coach was talking about how terrible the players were like in the media, which that's its own problem. But at the same time... Shout like, out Robin Fraser. <laughs> for... Robin Fraser, Colorado? Yes, for saving the team. Yes. Yes. Don't shout out Anthony Hudson for throwing his own players under the bus. That guy is not fun, even though he now coaches with the U.S. men's youth national team, but that's whatever. But yeah, Colorado, huge props to them. Two years, big turnaround. And honestly, they look up, they look set up for success for years to come with Robin Frazier, who, you know, he probably won't win coach of the year, but he's obviously a strong candidate for it. Um, and he's obviously in the conversation with a lot of people, rightfully so. 
but also the way they have started to gather players and push through homegrown players. It's all really exciting. Do I think Colorado is going to, you know, make an MLS Cup run? Probably not. You know me and my take on the MLS Cup playoffs. You need those superstars to carry you, and they just don't have that sort of game-breaking player. But this is still a major accomplishment for them, so very, very exciting. What about you, Drew? What was the biggest thing for you from this Western Conference uh, results? That's hard to say because there's a lot going on, but I think we should acknowledge that LAFC did not make the playoffs after before the season. The question was, are they going to be like the greatest team to ever walk the face of the earth in Major League Soccer? And not only did they not make the playoffs, they got absolutely shellacked by the Colorado Rapids, just like everyone predicted at the beginning of the season. So that's great. I love this league so much. Um, Can we just jump in, by the way? Featuring one of their former players who they traded away in Mark Anthony K. Oh, yeah. Oof. That's rough. That is rough. Awesome. But my biggest takeaway is one of my beloved teams, the Vancouver Whitecaps, making the playoffs after all the nonsense they've been through with, you know, just the organization going just all over the place, firing Marco Santos earlier in the season, Vanny Sartini all of a sudden becoming like the greatest thing to ever happen in Major League Soccer. Everyone loves the guy. Everyone wants them to hire him full time. Uh, they did it, and they had such a hard schedule to do it. They had to go on the road, come back from, I think, 2-0 down, beat Portland. They did it. They had to play Seattle, got the point they needed. Um, not even to mention that they weren't at home for half the season. So the fact that they dealt with all this stuff somehow made the playoffs. It's not looking like they'll make a very deep MLS Cup run, but, man, you get Brian White, Ryan Gold. It's just fun to watch the Whitecaps for, like, the first time in forever. So super exciting times. And it's just a bunch of dudes that believe in this a crazy manager who's freaking awesome. So the Whitecaps are cool again. If they ever were cool in the first place, I don't know. But I'm so excited for Vancouver because the Canucks are currently making me mad getting demolished by the Colorado Avalanche. But Whitecaps forever, they're in the playoffs. I do want to just jump in and say uh, one, yes, shut up Vancouver, who were actually the longest outside of their home stadium of the Canadian teams because of the situation at BC Place where they couldn't return. Um, They didn't even get home until I think it was either late July or early August. So they missed a ton of time there, which makes it even more impressive. I also love the fact that both of you said both teams that I picked going far in my bracket challenge wouldn't go far (laughs) in the MLS playoffs, which we are doing a bracket challenge that will be in the description of this podcast uh you should all join it and make fun of us when our predictions are incredibly incorrect as they were at the beginning of the season but what about the east you brought up oh sorry go ahead josh this needs to be said there isn't an mls hall of fame but if there was we would have to include sartini's final press conference yes just full of the best quotes i've ever seen from a manager in my life Some of the best. One of the things that the NHL Hall of Fame did recently is they've now started putting influential tweets (laughs) in the Hall of Fame. So MLS need to, A, create a Hall of Fame, because that would be sick, and Wondolowski deserves to be the first person in there. And B, just so we can have a list of the 
most influential and high-profile quotes from Sartini, uh, the Everybody's Against Us from Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm sure you have more. Well, the one I'm thinking of is along with Sartini's press conference, we also need that now-deleted tweet about Brian White in there as well. <laughs> like that has the Vancouver Whitecaps 2021 season just needs to be memorialized it, it in needs, some way. It needs to be framed like how Drew framed the New England tweet. But it, it has to be the tweet, but underneath where it says this tweet has been deleted. Like it has to be <laughs> like that screenshot of it just to really encapsulate the whole like the whole experience, what that was. Real quick, before we move on to the East, though, I wanted to ask you guys, which is a bigger failure, the Galaxy missing the playoffs or LAFC missing the playoffs? I personally think overall, actually, no, this is kind of a cheating answer and I can tell you guys are perplexed. So I want to hear what you have to say first. I am going to look at this. For me, it depends on... I'm going to give my answer. I'm going to say it depends on what, from what angle do you look at it. If you look at it from a preseason angle, which is the way I'm going to look at it, LAFC, this is like a historic not making the playoffs. I really would have liked to known the odds if you had bet that they would make the playoffs. How much money would you have gotten? Because I think they were... I'm almost certain they were the odds-on favorite to win MLS Cup. So I am going to say LAFC is the bigger disappointment. Yeah, both are pretty bad considering where the Galaxy were at one point in the season. Chicharito was, you know, comeback player of the year, MVP. Everything was going right in LA. Then they started collapsing, and the Gal- I mean, LAFC has just kind of been crap from the beginning, which is wild. So I'm going to say LAFC is the bigger disappointment given the unreal expectations they had coming into the season. I'm going the other way. I think it's LA Galaxy, and here's the reason. LAFC got ruined by injuries and transfers. For half the season, they didn't have Brian Rodriguez, and for the other half, they didn't have Diego Rossi. Carlos Vela missed tons of time with an injury. Uh, they lost at Tulesta for a ton of time with an injury. They traded Mark Anthony K. They just sort of decimated themselves. Um, and... I think when you look at it from that perspective, LA Galaxy didn't have those same problems. You know, they added talent. They didn't subtract it throughout the season. So when I look at it from that perspective, I think it's LA Galaxy. LAFC, yes, they should have made the playoffs. The beginning of the season, you look at it, no injuries. Yes, it should be LAFC. But given the fact that LAFC were so murdered by injuries, it's sort of understandable that they didn't make the playoffs, honestly. Um, and it's almost been self-inflicted wounds that have led them to not making the playoffs. Whether or not that's Bob Bradley's fault remains to be seen, or if it's somebody higher up, say a general manager. But I, I'm with Drew in the way he's you know framing the question. As the season prog- progressed, like the LA Galaxy collapse is brutal. <laughs> Because they were flying high, and then they only won like two games in the last like three months of the season, which is obviously terrible. I I don't know about the argument in terms of LAFC not having their DP players, just in the sense that they they are a deep team. They have lots of talent stocked on that team that they've accumulated over the years. Is it all proven? Not necessarily. A lot of those are still young guys uh, who haven't really carved out a role with the team yet. But at the same time, I mean, you look at it, you know, look at who they played on Sunday. They played the Colorado Rapids. Name a DP on that team. Uh, Barrios. 
Isn't he a DP? Nope. No? Nope. How did they get him on not a DP contract? Because uh, he wasn't a DP in, in uh, Dallas. He wasn't? I, I don't think so. Uh, Prince. Is that Prince? I think it's. I think you're thinking of Jack Dominic Price. Dominic Baji. All Price, right. Price, not Prince. Good one, Drew. Price. <laughs> I, I, can, King from Tennessee. I can think of a designated player for Colorado, but he barely played for them this year. It's Eunice Nomley. Eunice Nomley. Who? Eunice Nomley. This is his second season with the team. Either way, my point being, you look at a team like Colorado, right? Who, you know, you can say, oh, greater, you know, greatest sum of its parts or whatever nonsense. But like two great coaches, Robin Frazier's a good coach, Bob Bradley's a good coach. I would say arguably LAFC is more talented on paper. And yes, there have been injuries, but every team deals with injuries throughout the season. And LAFC okay, has LAFC shown. LAFC would really dealt with injuries. LAFC has shown in the past it, that it's been able to play without Vela. And honestly, and we've we've discussed this on the show, and lots of people have discussed this. But Atuesta has arguably been their most important player. And even they, even this like this run of games recently where they were kind of hot and pushing for the playoffs, they were doing all of that without Atuesta. And so I felt like they were finally over the hump of relying on him so much. But they just couldn't get it done. I think at the end of the day, it's kind of a stale thing from Bob Bradley. And, and there will be a lot of refreshing with that club over the offseason for sure. But to me, the way the Galaxy collapsed. And yeah, you can argue that they didn't have Chicharito. But even there was a stretch where they were doing well without Chicharito. And you would have liked to see them maybe tread water a little more before he came back and helped them in the end but they just kind of looked like a team that ran out of steam. Moving on to the East, though, not as exciting in the Eastern Conference on decision day. The same seven teams in the same order entering the afternoon also came out in the same order. All that good stuff. The games we were really talking about, though, we were talking about Nashville and Red Bulls. I made the bold prediction that Red Bulls would get a result against Nashville, so I guess I was right. But I also made the really dumb prediction... (laughs) that Montreal was going to beat Orlando, and I was wrong about that. So what is your guys' take on Decision Day? I also want to point out real quick, Connor was so sure that Atlanta United was going to have no problem with little old FC Cincinnati, worst team in MLS history, FC Cincinnati, and yet there I am looking at my phone 25 minutes into the game seeing a player I've never heard of score his first ever MLS goal for Cincinnati. Because all the teams love to do that against Atlanta, and it took 75 minutes for us to do anything. And yes, Atlanta did win 2-1, but they are going to get smacked by NYCFC, by the way. There's no way they win a playoff game. When when you have to win... N- never mind. I'm not going to rant. I'm not going to go on that rant right now. I'll save it for our playoff prediction next week. But what were your guys' thoughts on the Eastern Conference? Like I said, not as exciting, but still some things. We still had some predictions about it. Well, we both said i think i think i actually had not i can't remember what i had but i i think montreal not making it's unfortunate you know they had such a good season uh i thought wolf nancy did such a good job with that team uh the one thing that really stands out to me though at the end of the season is columbus didn't make it and that was a team going into this season that i think drew you might have said this earlier they were pegged to be the best team in mls history they were the deepest they had the most talent there was no possible way they couldn't do well. And here we are at the end of the season, and they're not even in the playoffs. Like, 
I, you have to ask a lot of questions there because how does that happen? How do you go into the season expecting to have the deepest team and the most talented team and then just don't make the playoffs? That's what stood out to me. Uh, they just couldn't get any results. It was, it's a really unfortunate ending to a team that should have been really, really good. Um, but other than that, Orlando getting in, I think, is good. You know, having a player like DK in the playoffs is positive for the league. It's going to hopefully increase his value. And, yeah, I don't really have any other thoughts on the East. Drew, what about you? Yeah, not a whole lot. Like you guys were saying, it was definitely the more boring of the two conferences when it comes to decision day. Um, I think I'm right there with you, Connor, about Montreal. It's disappointing how it ended knowing you had a team at home. And just watching the highlights of that game, I totally don't know who – Missed the chance, but it was early on in the game. If the guy literally just taps it in the far post, I mean, that's a 2-1 win. I mean, this is a totally different ball game, a totally different story. Um, But, yeah, Wilford Nancy has just totally turned that team around, and it's really exciting. Future, I'll just see what they do. Uh, I think, yeah, Daryl DK scoring a goal again. I mean, it feels like for a while there it was just we everyone was talking about Daryl DK this, Daryl DK that, and then it kind of slowed down there for a second. But now I think he's definitely scored two goals in the last two games. I'm trying to pull up Orlando City's last results, but he's kind of been this, and he scored against Columbus too. So he's at the very least scored three goals in three games. So this is kind of like the Daryl DK I think everyone was expecting, um, which for Nashville's sake is pretty terrifying to have to go against him. Yes, Nashville is at home, and they have not lost at home this season. They continue that with the draw against the Red Bulls, but Daryl DK getting hot at the right time. Granted, there's this international break, so there's kind of a layoff. He gets some time to chill, and, you know, that can just screw everything up. I'm currently looking. He scored four in his last four games. Okay, four in his last four games. So Daryl DK has kind of been on fire after he cooled down there for a second. So him staying hot I think is really big for Orlando City, but they have a really big test against Nashville, a team that doesn't lose – and Hani Mukhtari is one of those guys just giving the ball and see what happens after he scored that pretty ridiculous free kick, which took a pretty friendly Nashville deflection on that goal. But, yeah, I think my biggest takeaway um, is Gerald DK is getting hot at the right time, and when you're in these, like Josh says, you're in these one-off playoff games, you need someone that you can just give the ball and say, hey, go win us a game. And Daryl DK is definitely that type of guy. He does have a pretty big test in the first round on the road against Nashville, but... DK is getting hot at the right time, which might be kind of expected, but what might not be expected, unless we have any other things we want to say about the Eastern Conference, we can dive into our horrible predictions from the beginning of the season, and it seems that... I'm so excited. Connor has won a competition that I didn't know existed... <laughs> So I assume Connor made this table. So Connor yes. won the table that he made. Okay. Um, hey, but okay. Tell me I did this in an unfair way. It was it was fair. I think we should also, you should be getting negative points. So here's the outline of the, of the competition. We had Connor so graciously went through our preseason predictions. And if we got a team's standing exactly right, we got two points. If we got a team standing within one place, we got one point. And obviously, if we were wrong, we got zero points. So Connor won the game. 15. Oh, you beat me by two, you jerk. 
He beat yes. me 15 to 13, <laughs> and Josh, bringing up the rear end, got eight points. So I think we should also get negative points for just totally being off. I think would be my one addendum to this game. Hey, if but, you want to do that now, I'm more than happy to. But we can go through. First off, we'll start with Josh going left to right. Josh, you got two teams totally right. You got Philly at second right, SKC at third right. And, um, yeah, that's about it. Out of your looking at the table now and what you said at the beginning of the season, what is your – I'm trying to think of how to word this. What were you most wrong about, Mo- I guess is the way to put it. Most wrong about – I think we know the answer to this, but what were you most wrong about at the beginning of the season looking at your table from then and looking at – the table now clearly rsl who i had to finish last <laughs> last in the western oh, conference man. and they ended up making it i don't know if so are are we we're all collectively like on the same page as far as we suck because of our columbus lafc takes right yes okay so and also our rsl because the highest we had them finishing was 12 all right so the three of us i believe in you rsl i believe in you from the beginning <laughs> The three of us were just so completely off about those three teams, LAFC, Columbus, and RSL. So we can, uh, getting that out of the way, the thing I'm most embarrassed about, probably, I guess San Jose. No, no, no. I I stand by, oh, having New England in sixth. I don't know. Uh I'm I'm just proud that I got them in, in the playoffs. But yeah, all right, I'll take that. I'll take my New England in sixth. Um, the San Jose in fifth, that one was pretty bad too. I felt I felt so smart for thinking that they were going to have a good year when I was just completely wrong. I do want to point out, I was the highest on Colorado. I was the highest on Colorado. Granted, I only had them in By sixth. By one place. I know, hey, hey, give me this, okay? You, you are right, D- though. Give me this. <laughs> but... <laughs> But I, I did have them the highest of the three of us, so I would like to take some credit for that. But, yeah, all right, yeah, the New England one was pretty bad. My Montreal take was pretty bad, having them in last in the conference, which by default means Drews was pretty bad as well. So there's that. What, what is the take you're most proud of? Per, honestly, I think my, my Colorado take is the one I'm most proud of, in, I guess in comparison to you guys, but... Other than that, personally, I'm I'm pretty proud that I got the Atlanta Orlando order correct. Even though I had them up in three and fourth, and they finished uh, fifth and sixth, but the fact that I had them stacked like that, I am proud of. I do feel a little sense of pride in that I had Red Bulls and NYCFC like right there on the bubble, but I do feel dumb for not having them in the playoffs. I think it's time to accept that the New York teams will always be in the playoffs. Like, think about the years these teams had. Red Bull, first half of the season, just straight trash. And then they swooped in and got the playoff spot. NYCFC, great start, straight trash for like two months. And they still finished the season. So, like, at this point, we should probably assume that NYC, the New York teams will make it. That being said, the three of us are going to put both New York teams in the playoffs next year, and neither of them will make it. But that is for an off-season prediction fest, which we will have because... We're idiots, just like everybody else that follows MLS. Who's next? <laughs> Who's next with their saddest take and proudest take? I think we need to make fun of you a little bit more, first of all. Um, Why? Specifically, Vancouver in 10th, 
Nah. That wasn't good. That was fine. Nah. They can't finish in sixth. Look, all right. Let's let's rewind the clock a little bit. Let's go back six months in time, yeah? You looked like an idiot for picking them in fifth, okay? Let's be honest. You looked like an idiot for picking no. them in fifth. Five months ago, you did. Now you look like a genius, obviously. But at the time, and for a long time, it took getting Mark Dos Santos fired for you to look like a genius, all right? And that took that took longer than it should have in hindsight. So I don't I don't think I should feel embarrassed about my Vancouver pick. I think you should feel a little bad about that one. Um, what else do I need to make? DC United, you had an 11th, although I can't talk because I also did. I think they um, finished like ninth though, so that's really not that bad. Eighth. Oh yeah, you're right. I fin- oh, so they so finished ahead of Montreal. Yeah, I, I had them eleventh. Um, Me, Andrew had them in eleventh. No, Drew had them in thirteenth. Oh, I'm sorry. You had them in eleventh, Connor. I was reading the. Yes, I'm in the middle. <laughs> uh, honestly, yeah, you didn't do. Like, you did the worst of us. Um, but everything was on the fringe. Like I was like one place away from having a lot of things yeah. correct. You know. That's the thing I noticed with us is, a lot of them were like one place off and you would have gotten one point um you're seattle in fourth again it's not a bad take it's just a little off again yeah your san jose in fifth is pretty bad um I, I got three of the top four teams in the west granted i guess we all did because yes. we all picked no true and his best no. team in the west he had them in fifth <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> My branding isn't consistent. <laughs> Let's do you know, Mr. Inconsistent Branding. Um, I guess we'll go the same question that you asked, Josh. Yep. Which team are you most embarrassed about? Toronto. That's bad. Yeah, you did have them in they fourth. They sucked. Them at fourth. I'm going to stay very quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Toronto at fourth. Montreal. Ooh, no, Montreal at fourteenth. Ah, it's up to the Canadian teams. Either Montreal at fourteenth or Toronto. I will say Montreal at fourteenth because I think at the time when we made these predictions, Toronto had just beaten Lyon, so there was yeah. some reasoning behind thinking that they were going to be good. And we've talked about it. this is a really talented team, so I don't think. If you go purely based on talent, predicting them to finish fourth isn't terrible. It's just that all the wheels fell off and then some. Uh, Montreal in 14th, I think, is my... It's either that or not picking Cincinnati to finish last. I don't know what was wrong with me when I did this. Uh, I think Montreal at 14th is probably my most embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah, Montreal and last because they had a really good season. I would also like to say, hold on, I think his Minnesota take is pretty embarrassing as well. Yes, they made the playoffs, but to have them as high as fourth for a team that barely made the playoffs, like barely, that's a little embarrassing. Maybe that's not that's not even close to being the most embarrassing, but I think it's a little embarrassing. He was one spot off. Wait, where did Minnesota finish? Fifth? Fifth. I got a point for that one. Huh. I thought they finished Point like loons. seventh for some reason. Anyway, no. <laughs> real quick. Also, the three of us should be embarrassed about picking Dallas to make the playoffs. Yes. All three of us had them uh, in, in the top sad. seven. Oh. And we in were all Kosey. very wrong. Oh, muddy. 
Oh, I had them in six. That's embarrassing. Yeah. All right. The one you're most proud of, Drew. The one I am most proud of. Funny enough. You're going to say New England. No, I had them in third. I'm embarrassed. I'm sorry, guys. I doubted my boys. Before, before they were your boys. Before, yeah. <laughs> I've been a diehard New England Revolution fan since... I can't. Are you the look, dates are you, I was gonna say, are you looking at the date <laughs> on the tweet? <laughs> the frame's over there. I could go look at it if I wanted to. Um, Minnesota, I think, is my most proud take. Because considering they went 0-4 there to start the season, never been done before, that... Um, Everyone else, Atlanta might uh, might be Atlanta. No, Connor got that one. I can't be too excited about <laughs> that. Philly, <laughs> Philly, that was pretty expected. I think I'm gonna say Minnesota. What about you, Connor? What was your most embarrassing? I know exactly what there's, I think your most embarrassing one is. It's pretty hilarious. There's three of them. There is and three of them. What are you most? I think I know. I think I know what your most proud one is, and I think I know what your most embarrassing one is. So. Let's hear it. Well, For shame, Mr. Connor. Yeah. Most embarrassing is obviously split between Toronto FC and Nashville. Um, in hindsight, those two should have been switched, and it would have looked a lot better. Uh, <laughs> those two were really bad. LAFC making the playoffs, also very bad. FC Dallas finishing in seventh. Drew, you are worse. I like my Montreal pick. It came down to the last season, and they were almost in that exact spot. And for a team that both of you had finishing 14th, calling them in the playoffs, that's pretty sick. Um, Yeah, I think the one I'm most proud of is the Western Conference playoff picture. Because I got five of the seven teams correct. You were almost there with Colorado. You were almost there. Yeah one spot off of also getting them. So that's something I'm actually pretty proud of. Getting what about them. your RSL take there? I had RSL in last. That's pretty embarrassing. Well, yeah. Well, all three of us were <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> that's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. I just figured we'd written that off because everybody had gotten it wrong. But yeah, RSL I'm pretty embarrassed about too. Um... LA Galaxy a little low in hindsight. I should have given Greg Vanny a little bit more credit. But at the same time, all of us put it put them at eleventh, which is very interesting. I didn't realize that. Uh DC United I would have liked a little bit higher too, I guess, in hindsight. But again, it was the same spot as Josh. Yeah. Drew, your DC pick was Yeah. Honestly, it's not as bad when you look at it. Like, we are really only one or two spots off. If you had flipped Toronto and Nashville, you would have gotten two more points. Yeah. Well, no, I would have gotten... Or Nashville finished third, didn't they? Yeah. Behind Philly. Yeah. I, if you want to do the subtraction, uh, I that's an actually very interesting way of doing it. We could quickly work that out pretty easily. I'm indifferent. Do you, man? I just like how you have Nashville in 12th. That makes me happy. <laughs> the yeah. boys in gold. Koi big. Tempo the Coyote is going to haunt your nightmares tonight. <laughs> Their mascot. Who? What do you mean, who? It's Tempo the freaking Coyote, man. Why are they a coyote? 
because there's a story to it. There's a coyote in the Music City Center. It's a wonderful story. Tempo and Hani are going to haunt you tonight. Hani Okay. Yeah, Hani um, Mukhtar is the last thing I want to see in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty creepy. <laughs> He's just going to be in the corner of your room as Tempo the Coyote is beating you up doing a salute. <laughs> That's going to be the last thing you see before you wake up in Broadway at 2 in the morning. That's, yeah, that's freaky. Um, but yeah, honestly, our takes weren't that bad. I thought Josh did a lot worse than he did because there was a lot of red. Um, <laughs> he got eight points compared to Drew and I's 15 and 13, uh, which I should mention, by the way, I figured out the point scoring system before I'd done any of the calculations and filled any of this out. So I didn't rig this. Um, <laughs> that's I want to make that very apparent. Honestly, if we'd done two points, it probably would have helped me even more because it would have counted my Montreal pick and the Red Bulls. Uh, and RDC was one spot out from that. And my Chicago. Uh, and my... or what, Galaxy finished 8th? 8th or ninth, somewhere in there. I don't even remember. I don't even know. I'm... I might have gotten my galaxy take then too. I don't know. That would have been an interesting calculation. I didn't think of doing subtracting points. Uh, next year we'll do it next year. Uh, but we haven't quite finished the podcast yet. Unless do either of you have anything you want to roast me for in terms of my takes apart from Nashville and Toronto? Nah. No. Okay. We 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 spent enough time with the Nashville roasting, and that's never going to go away. So. No, yeah, that's unfortunately here to stay until they go out in the first round. But let's dive into our goals of the week, players of the week, and we are still doing games to watch. We'll start with our goals of the week. We'll get the boring one out of the way first. Josh, this is incredibly unsurprising that you went with this goal. Okay, first of all, I wanted to pick your goal, but that's what I get for getting onto the dock late. Okay, so first of all. But then second of all, I can't believe nobody picked this. Joseph Martinez's goal was awesome. Uh, I think the one I picked is better. That was all. It was a banger. It was awesome. It easily belongs in this top three right here. Yes, for sure. I'm not saying saying it's better than your goal because I, I wanted to pick your goal. But it's pretty good. And there's a yeah. reason why it won goal of the week. Because there's a ton of the lane. Yeah, they gave that goal it's, of the it's week. Voting. No, no, it's no, voting, no, right? no, it's no, fan no, voting. Nah, nah, nah. It's, <laughs> it's voted. It's it has voted, nothing to do with that. It's voted on very carefully by a panel of experts using a finely tuned algorithm. Objective journalists. The computer only, elected it. Only analytics. They make yeah, they make a computer, they make an AI robot watch all the goals that happen and it it's determines. Called- it's called Twitter. <laughs> so yeah, the Joseph Martinez goal was my goal of the week. It's it's a very very impressive goal, like objectively. Uh, I I want to know if so so he definitely did it on purpose in the sense that he is a goal scorer and he's just going to try to score goals no matter what. But the way he did it, like, there's no way that man was like, oh yeah, I am going to hit it sideways with the side of my foot, and it's going to go land in the side netting across the face of goal after flying up 40 yards into the air. Like, there's no way he calculated all that, but 
Still a crazy goal nonetheless. Uh, I think that was calculated from what I remember the goal being. When you hit a ball like that across your body, it sort of does have to go off the side of your foot. Okay, fair. And I think that was calculated. Uh, I understand you thinking it wasn't. I actually do think that was calculated. I'll give him credit for that. Uh, it was a banger. I just think my goal was a bit better. We know. Sebastian I Men- said your goal yes. was better. I know. I know. <laughs> Sebastian Mendez, just a gorgeous curler, uh, sinking Montreal's hopes and dreams. So not only did they lose their team name, but they also lost their playoff hopes. Thanks to a foot, ironically. Um, just such a nice goal by Mendez. A guy who, I think this is his first goal for Orlando. So that's quite the first goal. <laughs> quite a time to get it. So shout out to him. But Drew, what was your goal of the week? Yeah, I went a little different. I went with Chicharito's first goal. If I remember right, I'm totally blanking on what happened in the goal. I think a ball came in from the right. He one-timed it into the bottom corner. It was a pretty good goal. Yeah, he scored two, which we'll talk more about Chicharito in a second. But yeah, this whole season, a lot of hype was around him from the hot start of the season. And he ended the season on a bang with that goal. So that got my goal of the week. Definitely, I don't think, as good as Mendez or Joseph's goal, but a good one nonetheless, which leads us to our player of the week. Josh went with Old Faithful, but we're going to wait until he talks about Old Faithful because mine was beloved Chicharito because not only did he score that goal, which won my goal of the week, he scored two against Minnesota. The Galaxy scored four, but one of them was in the wrong net as they tied 3-3, three to three, ending their playoff hopes. We should have put that one goal as goal of the week. It was impressive. Um, so I went with Chicharito, two goals against Minnesota. It was a good one. Chicharito ending on a high note, but the Galaxy definitely not ending on a high note as the city of Los Angeles will watch MLS Cup playoffs from their couch. Connor, who got your goal of the week? Well, my player also scored two goals and came up short on the playoffs. Uh, Ole Kamara. Two goals against TFC, but the reason I put him in is we did not give him enough credit for the season that he had. He finished second in scoring behind uh, Castellanos on NYCFC, only losing because of assists. Uh, He had an unbelievable season. We haven't given him enough credit. Two goals, one unbelievably nice little flick, almost like backheel flick sort of thing uh, to get his, I think it was his second off a set piece. So I went Ola Kamara. Josh, you went with the player who scored the most clutch goal, who was? Demir Krylock. And he also had a very, very good season. Uh, his assist goals numbers were very good. Um, he was only a couple behind the league leader, Hani Mukhtar. Um, so he had an impressive season, and of course he capped it off. Wow, Drew didn't even didn't even react to that. Um, he capped off his impressive season with the uh, stoppage time game winner to help RSL get in the playoffs, so felt he was deserving of the player of the week for that. And then uh, as sort of a little tribute to his retirement, I picked Chris Wondolowski as the second player. And I think he scored this weekend, I'm pretty sure. He did. Yeah. Yes. He definitely scored one. I don't know about two, but definitely one. Yeah, so I I threw him in there just, to, like I said, sort of a, a show of respect. I will say I was very close to also doing that, giving it to Chris Wondolowski, uh, because hell of a career in MLS. But 
we'll finish off on our games to watch and maybe preview the games a little bit if we want to. Uh, but we've been going for 70 minutes on just us alone, never mind the 10 or so minutes we spent with Ivan. Uh, so, games to watch. Drew, you got the worst one. You go first. Yeah, U.S. Jamaica coming up Tuesday night. Get ready to rumble. There's such a better game, but... Uh, I got to the dock last. Sue there was me. a better game still. What do you mean? This game's going to be Jamaican me crazy. Canada, Costa wow. Rica. That's going to get it. Uh, <laughs> no. Oh, you talked, didn't you? The Jamaican me crazy <laughs> part. Uh, that's getting cut out yeah <laughs> dang Maybe. man that sucks but u.s jamaica because the other good ones were already taken by these two clowns okay there was still a better game but you know that is what it is josh let's stick with the u.s yeah they they play another game this window uh i may have heard kind of kind of a big deal but not really uh u.s versus mexico that's going to be tomorrow night as of recording this so I am prepared to have a sad Friday night. I am prepared. Hey, Mexico are missing, I think, three key defenders. So, Which is exactly why they're going to win. Because <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you're not wrong. That's a very good point. I still think Mexico takes it. I'm finishing off with Mexico as well, except this time playing Canada. In Edmonton in November. So that should be fun for Mexico. That's for making us play all of our games at the effing Azteca. Um, so enjoy the bitter, bare, freezing wind chill. Uh, I really hope you like it. It's going to be so much fun, especially with probably 50,000 Canadian fans there too. Uh, so enjoy that. Uh, I'm very looking forward to that. Canada plays Costa Rica tomorrow night, as I've been previewing. Very excited for that game. You can also catch U.S.-Mexico which, as you're listening, this will be tonight, uh, or as of releasing this, will be tonight. Canada, Costa Rica, tonight. Canada, Mexico, Tuesday. U.S., Jamaica, for some reason, was Drew's pick, is also Tuesday. Um, Jamaican me crazy, Drew. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Join our bracket challenge. That's something you all need to do. Uh, I'm looking now to see if all of the podcast members have joined, and no, they haven't. So, pointed at somebody with a beard. Join the bracket challenge. Yeah, I will. I don't think the listeners know Josh has a beard. I don't think they've ever seen his face. I will. I will. If you follow him on Twitter, he's got a beard picture. I think. Yeah, yeah. Yes? It's from the World Series. There you, oh, yeah, you changed that. Is that the Braves that. won? I don't know if you heard. Yeah. God, that's new information. I can't believe that happened. Wow. Really? Well, let me tell you all about it. So it started all the way back <laughs> in April with... <laughs> when you hired a Canadian general manager. Um, finally, quickly, I want your predictions for the two games. For the four games. Quickly. This is... You give two scores. That Four scores, sorry. That's it. No explanation. Just the scores. We'll start off. We'll go in a circle for each game. Oh, yes, Drew. What? I was going to say first. I was going to oh. volunteer first. Yeah, just let him go. You can go first. All right. Yes, uh, U.S.-Mexico, 1-1. Canada-Mexico, 
2-1, Mexico win. U.S.-Jamaica, 2-0 U.S. win. Canada-Costa Rica, Canada, 3-1 win. All right. Um, okay, okay. U.S.-Mexico, 1-1. One, one. Uh, Canada-Mexico, 1-1. One, one. U.S.-Jamaica, 2-1 U.S. And then Costa Rica-Canada, 1-1. One, one. Oh, come on. <laughs> they don't I, have Kaylor Navas. Uh, oh, my guy, my guy. The best player in CONCACAF? Yes. That's what I heard, too. Um... <laughs> No, I I don't know. I have a I have a bad feeling about Canada this window, and and two draws is nothing to be like like you know completely upset about. But for some reason, I'm just not feeling good about their window. Well, I will say again, they have been training in Edmonton for multiple days, so they've been getting acclimatized to the frigid temperatures. Yeah, there, there <laughs> is good vocabulary. Word. There was no rationality behind Canada getting two draws. I just it's a feeling. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I will say I'll be a bit more optimistic. U.S. versus Jamaica. Ooh. Where's the game? Jamaica. Are they on the red list? For Britain? I don't think so. It doesn't matter. We don't have any Premier League players at the squad this weekend. I'm saying Jamaica. Oh. Because, right. you know, Leon Bailey, Mikel Antonio. Yeah, those nobodies. Um... I'll give two scores. Either 3-2 U.S. or 3-0 U.S. The U.S. scoring three goals? What? <laughs> Dude, Jamaica suck. And that's coming from a team who got a draw against Jamaica. They suck. U.S., Mexico, I will say 2-1 U.S. Canada, Costa Rica... 3-0 Canada. Mexico, Canada. 2-1 Canada. I think all of us get results. So that incredible optimism will mean we all lose our games. Join our bracket challenge, please. It's a ton of fun. Uh, you can see us look stupid as the brackets progress. But if neither of you have anything else you want to say, Mr. Hubbard, I will let you take us out yes thank you guys so much again as always for listening to our nonsense about major league soccer and please again visit the website mlsmultiplex.com to check out ivan's written stories connor's written story that will come out soon that he's been working a lot on and all of our awesome written content um, from us and all the other team of writers as playoffs get here, international windows and things like that. Uh, you can follow the website at MLS Multiplex on Twitter to see stories as they come out, to follow them on social media. You can follow us on social media, myself at underscore Drew Hubbard, Josh at Josh underscore Boland, and Connor at CWG Somerville to see our fun tweets and about the wildness that is MLS cup playoffs so be sure to give those a follow and as always leave a review on the podcast we love hearing ways of how we can improve and always trying to get better so feel free to leave a review and as always please tune in next week as we make playoff predictions recap international windows and i'm sure some stupid's gonna happen because it's mls and that's what happens so thank you guys so much for listening as always and we will talk to you next week
Thank you for listening to the MLS Multiplex Podcast. Check out all of the contributors' written work at MLSMultiplex.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.